Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Super excited about this show and about tonight. Tonight, I have a special guest, Dr. Greg Lobb. He is from Summit Psychology Services. Dr. Lobb, welcome to the show. Dr. Conti, thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited you're here. Look, we are, he and I are the same age. I feel like he looks 20 years younger than I do, <laughs> but uh, we are both super passionate about what we do. And tonight we're going to talk about all kinds of issues, but what are some things that you're seeing right now uh, in your practice? What are people tend to be struggling with right now? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I feel like I'm, I've been doing this a while, and there's a, a wide variety of things that people come in for. Um, you know, uh, recently, uh, a lot of family kinds of issues, um, people going through divorces um, that have kids and really struggling with um, how to how to do that and how to make that, you know, the best for the, the children. And that's a hard thing. It's, it's such a hard thing. I think that's a really good topic to hit on tonight. And as always, if you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on a right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. But we are going to talk about, you. listen, you can call us about anything, but I want to go there for a minute about divorce and, and still parenting because I just put out a video on YouTube around anger and co-parenting, and you've been doing this a long time. Let's talk about how much anger is involved in co-parenting. Yeah, uh, can be in a tremendous amount of anger. <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, from both sides. I mean, and, and, and a lot of times what I find generally is people don't recognize how much this affects their children. So I I really do believe that. I think that there's so much emotion and passion that goes into the relationship that when it goes awry, there's still that anger, that passion. So now it's channeled through anger. And I just don't think, I never think people are doing it maliciously, but if they could see it, maybe from the framework that we've seen it on this side of therapy for so long, it really it's imp- it impacts kids tremendously. Absolutely, and and um, you're right. I, I think that for the most part, people are not doing this maliciously. They they really you know they can't see past their emotion to to see how much this is you know affecting their children and, and their you know their how their emotion plays out in that relationship and and affects their ability to to uh, parent. It does. We have a tendency, I always say, to minimize the pain we cause others, but maximize the pain others cause us. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so when you're talking about, you know, there's anger, the relationship goes away and we think, well, I didn't really hurt you the way you hurt me, but we only see through our own eyes. So whatever pain you experience is your pain. So, yeah, so that's what well, we got to talk about that tonight. 866-391-1020 is the number. If you want to talk about it, if you have questions for us, um, but let's go into a little bit of the, what do you do? And, and, and do you also work with children, right? Yeah. Yeah. We work with kids. 
Um, you know, and so, you know, sometimes these, you know, parents are bringing their children in because, you know, and sometimes they don't even recognize, um, here's this kid who was an AB student. Now they're tanking in school. Parents are on the verge, you know, they're in the process of this divorce and there's all these things happening and, you know, they're coming in saying, I don't know what's wrong with my kid. Like suddenly he's not doing good in school or she's not doing good in school or, or, you know, doesn't have any friends or staying in their room and, um, you know, and sometimes they don't even make that connection that, you know, this is, you know, maybe directly related to what's going on in their in their parents' relationship and in their family. So, so many as adults, we can recognize usually when someone's sad. We have those overt expressions of being sad, but in children, sadness comes out differently. So it can come out from anything, like you say, a, a reduction in academic performance, but it can also come out as acting out behaviors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um you know, suddenly, you know, this kid's really angry, um, really, um, you know, struggling with things that they hadn't struggled with before. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, it's hard as a parent sometimes to, to recognize what the heck is going on with my kid and, and what do I do about it? Well, so I literally talked to a woman today who told me that she, her husband passed away two years ago and they have two uh, young children, eight and 10. And she said that her children are angry. And sh I was saying, you know, that's you know, sad. You know, I can't imagine my heart being, so that my heart goes out to them. I can't imagine what that's like for them. And she's like, well, they're not sad. They're angry. And, but that is sadness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think people just don't recognize right, it. Right. Right. And I mean, it, you know, it comes in all forms and, you know, with kids, you know, they, you know, they're mad, they're angry. They, they don't understand why, why did their dad leave? Right. Why did, why isn't he here anymore? Right. So when people say what's over the years, stigma has changed and reduced and we hope to get rid of it altogether for people coming in for therapy over the years. Um, what, or how do you kind of tell people, hey, maybe this is time to go talk to somebody? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think the stigma has, it's gotten better. Yeah. Um, it's not where we need it to be, I don't think, but um, it certainly has gotten better. And, and I think that, you know, I tell people all the time, like, you know, when, when you're struggling with something and, you know, you don't know, like, who to turn to and, you know, who to talk to talk to about it, maybe that's a good time to go talk to somebody who doesn't have any other, you know, role in your life. Like you show up, you go in a room, you close the door, you can, you know, get all that off your chest and, and, and talk through it and really process through it and maybe come up with some solutions um, on how to deal with it. And when people come to see you, they're coming to see someone who is trained in understanding how to handle the situations that they're going through. And I think a lot of times people say, well, you, you've never lived my life, so you don't know what's going on. But I feel like people only say that from a place of hurt. Like, I'm really hurting, and I want you to see that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think that um, you're right. I mean, I hear that a lot from people. And, you know, they'll say, well, you don't, you never experienced this. You don't, you don't understand, um, you know, and, and, you know, there's some truth to that. But also, you know, they have to understand that when, when you go through and you're trained to be a therapist or a counselor, like, you, you know, you, you do learn how to deal with those situations. Right. So I have said I, I was in a, a women's prison and I had a young lady say to me, you, you don't you can't understand what it's like to be me. And I said, you're right. I can't. But I'm here to listen. And That's then right. we started to talk it out. And once <laughs> our defenses dropped and we started talking, she saw that there are methodologies and things that you can learn around how you talk to yourself, how you handle what's going on inside you. So there's so much. I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> 
If you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us in the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. He is Dr. Gregory Lobb. I am Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the show where we get to talk about you. So whatever you're struggling with, anything that's going on in your life that you want some insight around, today is extra special because Dr. Greg Lobb is in the building. And so he's here to help me out tonight. Um, So glad you could join me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's fun because being able to reach out on through the radio, you get to reach a wider population. So with when we, you, you know when we're in therapy in an office all day long, you see in individual people, but that message is powerful and it's bigger than that. And it's one of the reasons why I do things like YouTube and I want to have a reach to be able to connect with people. This information is powerful. Yeah, it is. And um, you know, and it's it's great that you have the show and being able to kind of spread this word for people and you know i think there's probably lots of people that listen and and you know decide maybe i should go talk to somebody i've got some some of these issues i'm dealing with i really believe people i think it's wonderful for people to just get out there and try it get in and sit down with somebody like you uh, make an appointment, come in and sit down because I believe because i've seen it for twenty years that they'll come in they'll 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 say I ask people, well, was this what, was this what you thought it was going to be? No, it wasn't anything what I thought it was going to be. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that all the time. Like people come in my office and say, "Am I supposed to lay down on the couch?" Right, <laughs> right. And I remember, you know, I had a young man. Uh, he saw me and he said. Uh, I'm so glad my mom had me do this because she was going to make me go, go to counseling, but instead she had me come see you. And I said, you know, this is counseling, right? right. He's like, no, I, I thought it like it was something different if it was counseling. I'm no counseling is literally just talking about your life. We're just talking. We're talking. So my tagline is there, there are two kinds of people, people who have issues and dead people. Yeah. So if you're currently alive, you have issues. Um, and you are welcome to call us at 866-391-1020. Um, the lines are open. We definitely want to hear from you because you might be experienced. You might be driving down the road and be thinking, man, I I'm struggling with this situation. I don't know how to really get through this situation. And if, and if that's you right now, uh, give us a call. 866-391-1020. You can always be anonymous. That's what I find. A lot of times people are like, I got really nervous to call. Yeah. I'm like, you can make up a name. That's right. You can say, <laughs> yeah, you're saying the name. You can call for a quote, air quote friend. <laughs> <laughs> So you see, uh, when we talk about this information is powerful, what are some of like your favorite things to share with people that you would love for people to like on a bigger audience to see? Like, what are the things that you really are, are core to you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like to, um, I, I like to let people know that, you know, coming in and talking to somebody, you know, that doesn't, um, you know, sometimes I'll get people and they'll say like, this is the first time I'm coming in and I don't, I don't think I belong here. Like, I, I don't think this is the place that I should be. Um, or they'll, you know, they'll say to me before they made an appointment, like, well, who comes there? Like who, you know, and I think they, you know, sometimes people have this, you know, image of, you know, you know, one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind right, of thing right. that they're going to see. And, 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 you know, it's, I think it's amazing that sometimes when people come in and, you know, the people that are sitting in the waiting room waiting are people just like them. Um, yes. Dealing with everyday issues and having a having an outlet to talk through those things and come up with solutions. You know, you talk to your friends or your family, 
um, particularly when you're dealing with with a, you know maybe a family issue or marriage. Um, you know they're gonna they're gonna be on your side about it. And sometimes it's good to have somebody who's kind of neutral and can say, "Well, did you ever think about it this way?" Um, you know that maybe they won't get from somebody else. And the smallest shift in perspective before you go in, it can be so scary. But there was a there was a town. This town operated on technology, and uh, the whole town operated on this huge machine. And one day the machine broke, and then the town everybody was lost. They're like, "What do we do? How do we solve this?" So they hired a consultant. The consultant said, "I need twenty million dollars, and I need that money up front." So the town said, "What the heck? We can't operate without him." And so they paid him his money up front. So the man gets to the town. He goes down to the basement. He pulls out a little tiny two-inch hammer. He goes to the back of the machine. He just lightly taps on it, and the whole machine kicks back on. They're like, this is great. The machine, wait a minute. That was $20 million. That's not right. (laughs) And he said, well, this isn't fair. But he says, I knew where to tap. Sometimes it's small things that make profound changes. And once you see it, it's great. But you really need someone else to help you see it because you mentioned it earlier, when you're in it, you really can't see it. Like that anger, you can't see the impact you're having. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, um, you know, when you come in and talk to somebody, that's that's exactly what we do a lot of times. You know that. Um, you know, you, you know where to tap, right? You right. Know, um, you know the right things. You know where they're struggling. And you can really kind of pinpoint that and help them get to the solution. I've had people say they've watched my videos where I'll, I talk a lot about how there's a beginning, middle, and end to every emotional situation. No matter what, it's going to eventually pass. And I've had people where I'm sitting down with them, and you know this experience where when you're with them in the energy of the moment and when it's meaningful for them, and I say it to them, it's just a totally different thing than just seeing it somewhere else. So whereas I love to do this show, I love the access to be able to make an impact on YouTube, the reality is I always want people to go in and sit down with someone. And if you look at my comment section on YouTube, I'll always say, my hope is that you can see, find someone to talk to in your area because actually coming in and sitting down with you and having the energy of your presence is transformative. Yeah, absolutely. And, and being able to, you know, have somebody sit across from you and, and, and be able to point something out to them that, you know, they, they never, they never knew before about themselves. Um, it, you know, it's powerful. Well, we can't always see until we're out of it. Sometimes when we're in it, it's, we're just, it's like your picture, if your face is right up to a painting, you're not going to be able to see the painting if your nose is touching the painting. But if you pull back, you're able to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we can do with it. So I'm sure through the years you've learned from your clients, like we all do, we learn as much as we often teach and share. Are there some things that have stood out to you through the years that are like, hey, these are the lessons that... Boy, you know, life lessons for you going through it as well. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I tell people I, I learn. I learn every day. You know, I mean, sometimes people will say to me, well, who do you talk to? And I'll say, I'm in therapy all day, every day. I mean, I, I think I learn a lot about myself by, you know, talking with other people and helping them through, you know, through some of the situations that they've been in. And, and you know, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's things about marriage and, you know, then you think, Boy, I mean, that's, that's, Mm. you know, things that, uh, you know, you may, you may never want to do yourself and, um, you, you know, you're able to sort of see that when, you know, through a client sitting across the, uh, across the room from you. So I remember learning when I would learn particular concepts, sometimes I would share those concepts as I was excited and learning about them. And maybe I knew them intellectually, but I wasn't ready to, I wasn't at the state of being able to practice them when I first learned that stuff. And 
What I think is really enormous about that is when you're sharing with someone, you're, there's growth uh, between the two of you. And you can say, you know what, there are things like as I, for instance, I remember the lesson of learning that as a man, like just thinking like our size, sometimes we don't, we take it for granted. So like in a conversation, like I've always taught men in anger management, like if you're angry, you need, it's important to sit down. So if my wife and I are in a disagreement, it's important for me to sit down because us just standing there, I'm significantly larger than my wife. So us standing there having a conversation, I might not see, I always say people see your actions, not your intentions. I might not see how I'm coming across, but she sees that. And when people come in to talk, like there, you're able to see something right off the bat that they simply cannot see. And for me, that shift is so worth it. I guess that's back to that story of that, that $20 million. It's, it, there's, it's priceless when you realize what self-knowledge gives for you. Yeah, um, you, you're right. And I, I think that um, when that person's in the room with you and, and you can see, um, you know, just as they're talking to you, they might be really agitated and not even recognize it, you know, and, and you may make that comment to them. You seem really upset right now. And, and, and then they realize, like, their posture, how they're sitting, how they're talking, the words that they're using, like, all of that sort of, um, you know, helps them gain insight. It's funny because when we get self-awareness, like, it, it shifts things. So when I very first started, I was, doing, I was doing an internship in a mental health clinic, and a woman came in, and she was really struggling with anxiety, and she was talking really quickly. So she said, oh, my goodness, you know, I I just broke up with my boyfriend and my mom got really mad at me. And I think I just lost my job and I don't really know what I'm going to do next. And I got so caught up in energy. I was like, oh, my goodness, what happened next? And I was so so involved in that energy. And obviously, 20 years of doing this, I would look back at myself and say, boy, it would have been nice to sit back and take a breath and say, wow, you're going really fast. Yeah. (laughs) Which I eventually learned to do. But it's funny because you you have these lessons, but it's all all of these really add to your life. And the more and we were talking talking about this uh, on the on the break about the authenticity like people can pick up on whether or not you're living your message and I always say I can't sing and dance but I can read people really quickly and I love your your energy is just a great energy yeah and uh, you're, you're right I mean I think people can tell um, you know I've, I've had many people tell me I think I was telling you this on the break like you know I'll check in with them how they're doing how the, the therapy's working for them um, you know, and, and a lot of times they'll tell you, um, it's helping. Um, I can tell you care. And, you know, I went to somebody before and, and it just didn't seem like they were, they didn't get me or they, you know, and I, I think that you got to be authentic, right? Um, people, it's, people, people pick up on that. In a second. So I think it's interesting because authenticity is one of the fundamental components of my yield theory. And I say, like, we can spot a fake, but sometimes we don't realize when we're being fake. And I think a lot of times in therapy, when if you go to see someone, and I think that's the great thing about being able to refer people and say, well, if I don't fit with you, someone else will. Look, we both fit with you. So if you're listening and you want to be a part of the show, 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. He is Dr. Gregory Lobb. I am Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is emotional management. Man, I'm excited because today in the studio with me is Dr. Gregory Lobb from Summit Psychological Services. Excited to have you in here. I'm excited to be here. 
I'm ready for, uh, I would love, we get, we have some uh, emails and texts, but I'd like to get to some callers. If you're out there and you're struggling and you think, man, I would love some insight. This is the day and the time to do it. 866-391-1020. You can always be anonymous. Um, And then you can email too at dollarbankinstantaccess at kdkradio.com. And you can also text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. So throughout the years, you've been doing this a while, you've encountered some challenges. What are some big challenges that stand out to you that you've watched people face? Oh, I I mean, um, there is, uh, there's, you know, when, one of the things that I was thinking of, um, we were talking about this at the break, um, you know, is, um, is, is when you're sort of um, in a situation where you have a family member who's really struggling. And, you know, I think sometimes that gets forgotten. Um, you know, we, we, we recognize that, you know, this person might be struggling with mental health, the person might be struggling with drugs or alcohol, but the people around them and how they're affected by this. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a big struggle for people because a lot of times, you know, they're put in this position of they need to be a support for this person and, and they need support themselves. Uh, I think so. I'm really uh, glad that you pointed that out. I think there are so many. We have listeners out there right now who are probably we've we've had listeners call in um, caretakers and you're right. They didn't sign up to maybe be uh, have a, a loved one struggling as much as they're struggling and they didn't sign up to be you know, an on the spot counselor, but that's what the role they're playing, which is why people like you are here to help support those people. So, you know, that you're so right. If people are going through, if your loved one's going through it, how do you deal with it? So what advice do you give people when they're, when their loved ones are struggling in a deep way? Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of times it's, it's, they need to get some help for themselves to, because they're not, you know, they're not always equipped to deal with that. Like you said, they didn't, maybe they didn't sign up for that. They didn't expect that to happen. And, and now here they are in the middle of it and, and they, you know, they don't know what to do and they don't know what the right, you know, and they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing. And that's going to be, you know, a trigger for this person to have a relapse or to go backwards in some way. And, you know, and, and, you know, they worry about that and, and yet they're stuck in the middle of being there to be the support system for this person. And, you know, and sometimes that's really overwhelming. So I was talking about systems theory today, earlier today, and, and how everybody in an interaction plays a role. Every interaction you've ever, you've ever been in, you play a role. doesn't mean you cause people to do anything, but it does mean that you play a role and you impact people. And Ultimately, the only person on the planet you have any control over is yourself. And we minimize the impact that we have. We started talking about that with uh, children, uh, the impact children that is on children when parents are going through divorce and maybe doing so in an angry way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then caretaking, not realizing the impact of them. What's fascinating about the world we live in today is we can look at neurological scans of brains and see that there is an actual impact. For instance, years ago, I saw this study where parents and adults had um, parents and adults, adults and uh, adolescents. They they observed their brains as they were talking to them. They were using the same words, talking in the same way. But the adolescent brain uh, would light up around the emotional center, whereas the adult brain would light up around the frontal cortex, the higher level thinking centers, and there's an impact like we're it's not like we're living and guessing is this really happening or not like we know it's happening so how do we convince people to understand that or or see that that it really is impacting their health 
Yeah, and you know, I, I uh, you know, I think you said it a minute ago. Like, we we only have control of ourselves in these situations, and you know, that's a hard thing for a lot of people to to sort of grasp. You know, they spend a lot of time worrying about other things, and and really, they only have control of themselves. And that, and it doesn't make it easy, right? I mean, we, some of the things that you say and that we'll teach people, maybe in therapy, might sound. Like, wow, this is really obvious. But when you're struggling, it's, it's not easy to think of all those things. Absolutely. And and I think that, you know, I hear that all the time with people is, boy, that that makes a lot of sense. Like, it's, it's like you can almost see it, right? Like you're sitting there and you can see the light bulb go on for them. Like, yes. You know, it's something it's something that, you know, maybe it's is very simple. But, you know, when you're in the middle of it, you, you you're just you, you can't think of it. Well, so <laughs> I, I really like that. So the, the light bulb moment. And I have, I've likened in therapy when people have a light bulb moment. When I was young in high school, <laughs> I played quarterback. If you're going to ask me how my team did in regular season, I was the only undefeated quarterback in the history of my school. Oh, I didn't even know that question was coming. Uh, <laughs> so I can glory day a little bit. But, but when I, th- I think about throwing a touchdown pass, to me, when I'm sitting with someone and they have insight and we know that moment's going to shift, like I, that's that same feeling. Like it's wonderful to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you get people who, you know, it, it's it seems so simple and you know you kind of point it out to them sometimes it's you know what i find is sometimes it's something that that person has already said but they don't even realize it and you know you kind of repeat it back to them and and they say you're right i, mean, I never thought of that um <laughs> and and part of that you know or i'll get you know somebody come in a parent and they'll say you're saying the same thing to him that I say to him, but he's hearing you and he's not hearing me. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I definitely believe that's a huge, that definitely happens uh, where they will listen to somebody on the outside. Or maybe it's like a pitcher and the water fills up and it's like that final piece. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it needed to fill up with all that water and then that final piece puts it over. But we sometimes just need to hear things more. And so one of the things that I've always, this taught me patience a long time ago, and that is, we understand that sometimes it's going to take us a while to learn something, but when we go to teach others, especially as parents to our children, we expect that they just should get it in two seconds because when we know something, we're subjected to what's what's called hindsight bias, which is hindsight bias is as soon as we have the answer, we believe we knew it all along. Right. And, uh, and that happens a lot where we think when we learn something, we finally get it and it, it makes sense to us. We think, oh, just do this. So... I was, I was, my daughter, she plays lots of different musical instruments. And so she's plays the ukulele. And uh, so I got a ukulele because I want to be like my daughter. Because if you meet my daughter, she's like living peace, best person on the planet. So I said, so she was teaching me some chords and she can go so fast and she's loving, kind and patient. And she was patient with me with it. And I said, you always want to remember that just because you learn something, it makes it so clear to you, but other people aren't there yet. They have to have that experience. Right. <laughs> so in therapy, what I always thought was neat was to discover things with clients. So you're discovering things with them all the time because you're really discovering it through their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and when they, when they have that moment, like you said, that, that light bulb moment, I mean, it, it's, it, you know, it's, it's great for them. I mean, they leave there feeling like, okay, I can do this. Right. Like it, it sort of empowers them to, you know, be able to kind of make, start to make those changes. And the relationships you build when you're authentic, uh, the way you are, you're hearing from people, I'm guessing years later, 
This is something that's pretty cool when you hear from clients years later. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, or you know, I you know, one thing that I always think is is pretty interesting when you know you help somebody, they go on their way, which is always a great experience, right? Like when you end therapy and and they feel like they've they've made the progress that they need to. Um, and then maybe years down the road, they come back with their husband or their kid, or you know, and they say, "You helped me." And I know, you know, I'm, I'm bringing my son here now because I think you can help him because he's struggling with similar things. It's almost as if I used to, so I was a school counselor while I was getting my PhD. I, um, I did an assistantship where I was a school counselor and I would have kids come in and they would bring their friend in and they would be like, here, fix her. <laughs> like, do what you did with me. Like, do that same thing. And I'm like, well, you, you wanted to talk and right. you wanted to open up. And it's not, it's not like uh, I, I'm, my magic wand is right. broken right now. But uh, if she's willing to talk, I'm definitely here for her. And it's fun because it's fun to see that, to see that impact. I recently just heard from a young man I saw um, 15 years ago. And he reached out to me the other day uh, and found me online. I thought... This is a, what a beautiful thing to be able to be a part of people's lives. It's one of the reasons why at 45 years old, I'm as passionate as I am because I'm honored to be a part of people's journeys. It's really amazing. And we want to be a part of your journey. So the number is 866-391-1020. Please feel free to call in. The uh, dollar bank instant access is kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. He is Dr. Gregory Lobb. I am Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. What a beautiful day to learn about yourself. If you are struggling with anything, whatever you're going through, you don't have to go through it alone. There are people who can help. And specifically right here tonight in studio with me is Dr. Greg Lobb. The number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. Here is a text that says, telling me to not take things personally is like just say no to drugs. I've heard that phrase umpteen times, but it doesn't help. That's a really good statement, just saying don't take things personally. First of all, I definitely believe that it's important to not take things personally, but I think he has got a point. How do you do it? How do you teach somebody to not take things personally? Uh, yeah, I mean, that. Uh, you're right. I mean, and I think people um, people will say that um, quite a bit. You know, I mean, people come in and they'll say, well, you know, I talked to my my friend about this, and they said, just don't take it personally. And And that's a heck of a lot easier said than done for most people. Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, sometimes it's coming back to yourself and, and looking at your own sort of confidence and self-esteem and, and self-image about things and, and how you do take things and, and, and looking at why you're taking that so personally that somebody is saying to you, you know, maybe they're have made a comment or made some criticism of you, um, you know, and, and I think that, you know, when you're when you're sort of feeling down and, and you get those kind of comments, um, it can really hurt. It can. And I so to me, that the, what I would re, what I would remove from what maybe his thought is on it. It's not a just don't take it personally because it's not just it's hard. Yeah. It is hard, but it's possible. It is definitely possible. And when we realize that people are struggling and that they hurt people from a place of struggling. I tell this to young people all the time. No person in a place of peace 
ever hurts anybody. If you're in a place of peace, you're right. not lashing out. Right. You're only lashing out because you're struggling yourself. And that's the reason why people do it. And in that sense, it very much is not personal, even if it they say your name. So I do a lot of work in the prison system. If you've ever walked through a prison, if you go through a state prison, people are going to call you every name in the book, everything you've ever not even thought of her hearing, you're going to hear. And guess what? If you weren't there that day, they'd be saying it to the next person. That's right. And so you start <laughs> to learn. We don't need to take it personally. But, um, and I also think sometimes it's, you know, you get this, uh, the person, you know, if, if they're not in a good place, sometimes they're misreading what's being said to them. That's huge. So that is huge. Right. Cause it's the glasses through which they're seeing and they're th- maybe their, their glasses are anxiety glasses. I used to say, well, what would it look like through anxiety glasses? The right. world looks a lot different than whenever you're feeling peace. Let's go to, uh, the phone lines, Bryce, Bryce, you're on uh, KDKA radio. Hello. Hello. Bryce. You're Hello. on. Bryce, can hey. you hear us? Yes, I'm here. <clears throat> so Bryce, calling from Arizona. Welcome. You're on KDKA. Thank you for um your time. Definitely. What's going uh, on? I've been having some um issues with my uh anger and I don't know how to control it. So what kind of issues are you having? It's between me and my stepfather. Okay. And it sounds like you've got some support around you. What kind, are there are there people that are encouraging you? You can tell them that you're receiving behavior I'm receiving um health Behavior, uh, behavior health services. And I also have bipolar, which is having the difficult for me to kind of uh, keep my cool. Okay, so you're looking for some feedback on how to maintain that cool. Yeah. Bryce, do you, do you have, uh, have you, have you uh, worked on recognizing like what, what triggers you to become really angry? Yes and no. Okay. You know, I always I um I always uh, work when people are having anger problems, I try to help them recognize like what things are causing them to, you know, what triggers their anger. Um and, you know, sort of how to how to start to measure that in a way to, you know, the the sooner you recognize it, the easier it is to to sort of get get it under control. Yeah, it's mostly me and my um, stepfather, we are not in the um uh, sometimes we butt heads, we butt heads over stuff we don't um, agree to, and that's gonna make me lash out on everyone that's in my family. Well, guess what, Bryce? I have some really good news for you. I'm gonna hear some two pieces of really good news. The first piece of good news is any time of any kind of anger you ever have is eventually, it's going to have a beginning, it's going to have a middle, and it's going to end. So it will eventually pass. And here's another piece, and this is what I'm really excited to share with you. Guess what, Bryce? Just because you have an emotion doesn't mean you have to act on it. Okay. So if you're if you feel that anger, it doesn't mean you you don't you're not forced to lash out. And sometimes just knowing that you can sit in that mo- emotion for a minute and say, you know what, this is uncomfortable. I don't like it, but it's going to pass. 
Well, thank you so much for calling, Bryce. We really appreciate your call. Look, I think the the issues that Bryce is struggling with are issues that are very real, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, people, um, you know, those kinds of situations. I mean, I don't, we don't we don't know Bryce that well. I mean, but you know, stepfather, step parents. Um, you know, there's lots of times where people aren't going to agree to things, and and there's a lot of emotion sometimes that gets sort of a, attached to that. It's, I think it's so um, difficult when things don't go the way you want them to go. And I think a large part of anger is you should have done it this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that. And I think it's freeing when we can release the word should from our vocabulary and just get rid of the word should. Yeah, I, you, you're right. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, find in ways, you know, when you when you when you're button heads with somebody and you're having all this emotion, it's finding another way to channel that. You know, I mean, sometimes that's for some people it's writing, some people it's go take a walk, remove yourself from the situation, you know, some way to sort of diffuse that so that, you know, cooler heads can prevail and you can sort of, you know, rationally work through whatever the disagreement is. They can, and the reason why like I wouldn't just want to reach in our listeners' hearts and have you re- go out and talk to somebody, sit down with someone, because there are so many different ways to deal with anger. And for some people, you know, we used to say count to 10, walk away, but for some people that might be really helpful for other people. That might just make them get angrier with seething rage because the more they step away sure. from it. That's why coming in to see someone like you, you can teach people you can figure out what's best for that person. Is it better for you to walk away? Is it better for you to sit and talk through it? Yeah, you're right. And everybody's different and everybody, um, you know, needs different things. And so I think it's, you know, when you come in and talk to somebody, it's it's kind of helping them, helping you find a way to, um, to kind of deal with those things um, in the best way that, that they can deal, you know, with them themselves. Yeah. I, and that's why... The sit-down part is huge. We, we can't emphasize that enough. But if you are struggling and you want to talk and you have something you want to get off your chest, something you'd like some insight around, we're here for you. The number is 866-391-1020. Or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. There are... We have some uh, texts and emails that we're going to get to coming up, but the phone line will be available, 866-391-1020. He is Dr. Gregory Lobb. I am Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. A weekly checkup from the neck up. And the show's brought to you. And listen, and he's here. My man is here, Dr. Gregory Lobb. Are you enjoying your time here? Absolutely. This is uh, this is great to be able to, you know, reach out and have people call in and text in and email and us be able to kind of you know respond. I love it. We're gonna if you want to call the number is eight six six three nine one ten twenty. I want to read a a right automotive text that we got beautiful and powerful from Michelle. She says, "Good evening." Dr. Conti and Dr. Lobb, I'm a 61-year-old female. I retired from 38 years of teaching in June of 2017. I took care of my mother for a month, and then she passed away in April 2018. Since then, I have been helping to care for my elderly father, who is in hospice care. I'm sorry to hear that. 
While taking care of both parents, I've been living in my childhood home five hours away from my husband and son. I want to be with my father until the end. When looking forward to my future, I feel like the best years are over and I don't know what I have to look forward to. Any insight? Thanks, Michelle. Michelle, my goodness, is that powerful and moving? And I wish, you know, kind of my heart is going through the phone to you right now. What are your first thoughts as you hear this? Oh, Michelle, I mean, a lot of changes in your life. Um, mm. You know, I I always try to, you know, help people. You know, this, is, this isn't the end. This is the next chapter. Um, and, you know, while, while this is, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, you know, you retire from a job that you do for, you know, 30 plus years. That's your identity. It becomes who you are. And sometimes that's a struggle leaving that. Um, and then to have to, you know, um, take care of aging parents and, you know, that as, you know, you're, one of them passes and, um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I try to tell people you, you'll get through this. There'll be an end to this too. Right. And, yes. and moving on to the next thing and, and, and being able to, um, you know, enjoy that time that's left with your, with your, uh, father there. Um, knowing that, you know, you'll get back to your, back to your, your life. And I, I think I love the way you phrase it with the next chapter, because I really think that's a, a very powerful and accurate way to look at life. One chapter goes, we go on to another chapter and we can write new chapters all the time. I think being in your childhood home, Michelle, is obviously bringing up memories because there are so many memory cues all around you right now as you look around in that home and you think it brings you back to those earlier moments. And in our childhood, even if we've had a difficult childhood there were carefree moments. And that's a very appealing thought to go back to those carefree times, even in your mind. And it feels like those are the good moments because right now there's so much, um, not just care, but not just care, but so much worry and, and so much heartbreak. And so you have that where, where this was a carefree time back then. I think that probably has an impact. And I think that as you get back to your husband and your, uh, and your son, I feel like you, things will come back into a different way. You won't always be in this state. Yeah, and, and I think that, too, um, it's those mixed emotions of being in that childhood home, having those thoughts like you just spoke of, of, you know, that carefree time, but also knowing that this this is coming to an end. You know, I mean, this, you know, whether it's going to eventually sell the house and move, you know, I mean, right. those, those, those memories, the memories aren't gone, though. The memories will always be there. Um, those are just things that remind us of those memories. And we can look at those things. And this is when you, when you ask for some insight around that, I think what I would hope to have you look at, because I think the way Dr. Lobb said that is so accurate. Like if you redefined looking at these memories as not, oh no, it's gone, but this memory is a part of me. It is a part of who you are and it is living in you. And it's something you can share with your son, with your husband. And really there are so many ways since you spent so much time as a teacher, you were impacting many people all the time. And we live in a world where there are different ways to impact people and still give your lessons because you have so many valuable lessons to give to the world. Honestly, it's one of the reasons why I started doing the YouTube channel because you get to sit down, put on a, your, your phone camera and say something and it's uploaded that could literally be accessed by anybody in the world. Right. <laughs> and that message, it gets out there. And so you can share and you have things to offer. So I think, honestly, Michelle, I think you have things so much to offer the world and being able to step back, reflect and say, 
what's next? What's the next chapter? How do I want to give my legacy in a new chapter to the world? Yeah, and for some people that's, you know, it's it's finding what that is. And I always try to tell people when they're in these phases of life is that's how you need to think about it. You know, th- there is a next chapter, and what are you going to make of that? Um, you know, it may be volunteering or finding some other way to kind of give back that, you know, is is rewarding for you. And some ways, in some ways, the uh, when you're doing this caretaking, you might go, we have a tendency, it's very natural to go from one extreme to the other. So maybe you go for all this intense caretaking of a very sad situation, and maybe you find something totally different to do with that. You can't, you're not going to go wrong. I think it's a matter of, like like Dr. Lobb said, you, you feel, you find what's right for you. But please be hopeful that there is something that's absolutely right for you. I think in this pain right now, it's probably not so easy to see. But I think when you move through this pain and maybe even something defined by this pain will be something that you'll be able to give to the world in some way. Volunteering, videos, podcasts. There are so many things that you can do that everyone has access to doing. And, you know, I, t- I would say in this situation, you know, talk to your husband, right? Make sure you're talking about this. Don't let this all just be in your head. Um, mm. Talk through it. Let him know how you're feeling um, so that, you know, he can he can sort of help and support you through some of this. And if you're in the area, how do people get a hold of you? How would people get to, to your uh, practice? Yeah, um, you can go on on, on the uh, internet there and www.summitpsychologicalservices.org or give us a call at 412-406-7734. Um, you know, we'll be able to, you know, talk talk with you and, you know, figure out what we can do to help you. Yeah, I think this that, that's it, like getting in and being able to come in and sit down with someone. If you're in this area and you could sit down with him, that'd be amazing. Um, if you're if you're not in this area and I misread uh, the location, um, being able to find someone in your area to sit down with is huge. Please know that two people independently, we both sat and it's said as soon as we saw this, like you definitely have to find that meaning. And we both believe it's possible for you to find that meaning. But sometimes when you're in that pain, it feels like it's never going to go away. It feels like it's not possible to get through it. But it is. It really, it genuinely is. And, uh, you know, my both my dad was a professor. My mom was a teacher. And having them, the way they, their message is so strong. They're always teaching. They're still teaching me. They're uh, teaching our, their grand, their children, their grandchildren. And they're teaching that message also to the world. My dad does a blog. He does. Uh, so you're reaching people all over the world. There's so many ways to take your message and continue to reach out. So we want you to find that. And if you want to reach out and be a part of the show and talk to us, the number is 866 866- 391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. He is Dr. Gregory Lobb. I am Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I'm be honest. One of the things I love about radio is the musical introduction. <laughs> we come in off the break. I just get fired up. I'm so excited, super excited today. Dr. Gregory Lobb is with me in studio, and we've got some questions. Let's go to the right automotive text line, and the question is: Is it normal to feel sleepy after having an anger episode? You want to take the first shot at that? Yeah, I um. I think that for sure, um, people, uh, 
you know, it's, it's a lot of emotional output that occurs after an anger <laughs> episode, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think feeling sleepy after exerting that much energy, I mean, that, that probably should tell you something about how much energy you're actually experiencing, right? That's exactly, that is, that's exactly <laughs> it. So when you... Um, when you release anger, one of the reasons why people do lash out in anger is when you release anger, endorphins kick in. So it actually feels good in that moment. That's why you you throw something, you hit something, you do something like that in that moment. It feels good. Of course, one split second later, you regret it and you feel bad and all right. the other stuff kicks in. And so you've got a, a whole bunch of chemicals flooded through your body. And absolutely, after an adrenaline rush, a cortisol rush, um, then yes, you're going to crash and feel tired and that's very normal, but you're right. It kind of shows how much energy is exerted into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would say that probably not everybody experiences that, but for this, this individual, I mean, you know, that, that should tell them something about how much energy is really going into that for them. And I, I think it's, it's important lesson to learn that you do not have to react just because you have an emotion. Like it's okay to have an emotion, sit with it and say, okay, I don't like how this feels but it's going to pass. I want to be mindful. I said this to a guy in the prison um, a few, uh, about maybe like a month ago, I was in a prison in another state. And I said to a guy, look, whatever happens here, you have, you can do anything you want to do. There are going to be consequences, but you can choose anything you want to choose. Here's what my hope is for you. I hope you are mindful of yourself in a week. Like not just, you don't have to do it for me, for anybody else, but just be mindful of who you're going to be in a week because this anger is going to pass and you're still going to live with you and you're going to have to live with those consequences. So sometimes giving people that bigger vision of like, you're going to have a future self. Now, how do you want to deal with that um, future self? Yeah. And, you know, and, and sort of what you do with that, uh, what you do with that emotion, um, you know, I, I mean, there's other things you can do with it, right? Um, besides, you know, throw something or break something and, and, and figuring out and, you know, how to channel that in a way that, that makes more sense where there's not such negative consequences that come along with it. I mean, Anger is a normal feeling, right? Yeah. Normal. We all feel it. We yes. all get angry. What we do with it is what's important. It's, it's exactly it. So, and I also, I've really, um, I've taught over the last 10 years, like it's really important to not, when you're, a lot of the people used to bring their children and say, well, should I get him a punching bag when he's angry, go punch his punching bag or punch a pillow or something. And and what I caution about that is this, if you learn to associate every time you're angry, go hit, then you're really learning the very basic association, anger, hit, anger, hit, anger, hit. At some point, the punching bag's not going to be there. The pillow's not going to be there. Absolutely. You're going to punch something I tell people the same thing. (laughs) I mean, it's a, it's not... That's not the the lesson that you that you want to learn, right? As, right. You know, I mean, it is a way to get those to get all that energy out, but you know, it's not a positive way. Right. So, being proactive, understanding that yes, you're going to have emotions. That, that's perfectly normal. So, for instance, um, I have a very busy schedule, and when I I work out hard because if I'm not working out, that stress gets the best of me. And if I'm not proactive about that, and let's say I miss too many days in a row. I will absolutely, I could tell you at the beginning of the day, I'm going to feel more physiological anxiety by the end of the day because I have all this energy in me. Right. And so being able to be mindful about yourself and, and you, you mentioned it to a caller earlier, learning your triggers, learning what, learning about yourself and what better way to do that than to come in and sit down and actually talk to someone who can hold up a mirror and show you yourself. Yeah. And, and being able to take that information, right. And figure out how to process it differently. You know, like, you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, 
being in the prison, um, Dr. Conte, you meet a lot of people that anger is their only emotion. <laughs> it is. It's there. It's a one one gear. One guy told me he said I only run on one gear. I want to. I run on high. Right. Um. But it was. It's. It's funny because when you get that insight. So at one time uh, there was an inmate who told me I was talking about the concept of enmeshment and differentiation. So. Enmeshment is emotionally connected to someone. So if they go up, you go up. If they go down, you go down. That's that's what's called enmeshment. And then differentiation is when you you are separate from the, another individual. So you can still love someone. In fact, it's probably the more healthy way to love someone because you don't you're not them. You're you, but you're voluntarily loving them. When I taught this concept, this uh, inmate came up to me. He had been down for 35 years. He said he's he had he waited till everybody walked out. It was a group on this particular one. He came up, he had a tear coming down. He said, when you taught that concept, I realized that I never had an emotion of my own until I was 22 years old. I was arrested at 22 years old before, like for what he did, his crime. Mm -hmm. And he said, once he was away from his mom, then he started to have an experience of his own, but he never had an emotion of his own. He said, cause my mom felt it. I felt it. So, wow. yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, that's powerful, right? It's eye-opening to see how people are connected. And I think people, parents oftentimes don't realize, coming back to what we started at the beginning with, don't realize that effect. And it is never, for me, it's never about blame. I was talking to a group of people today and I said, um, I kind of look at this interaction with you right now as a halftime speech. So this is really how I look at, I was thinking of fresh on the, the Super Bowl. I was thinking this is kind of like a halftime speech. I'm not, there's no blame. It doesn't matter. Whatever happened in the past happened in the past. It doesn't matter. What matters is how are we going to approach the second half? How are we going to approach what's coming up next? And that's the empowering piece to being able to sit down in therapy is you get to sit down with somebody and say, okay, how do we figure out what's going to happen next? Right. Because so many people get stuck in the past, right? And they, and they say, you know, and they want to, they want to keep revisiting. And, and, I, you know, I always tell, tell people like, we need to understand what happened in the past. And, you know, it's important for us to talk about it in some capacity, but where we're going to spend most of our time and energy is here today forward. Um, yes. That's where you have the most opportunity to make change. Yes. I think it's, it's, it's life, it's life changing. So here's a question we have. Um, how do you deal with someone who plays stupid when they don't, when they don't want to do what you want? How do you deal with someone who plays stupid when they don't want to do what you want? Um, how would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think sometimes some of this, I mean, you know, sounds like it comes back to some communication, right? And, um, you know, being in... You know, I, I maybe have to assume there's some relationship there, whether that's a romantic relationship or a family relationship. But, you know, being able to communicate, um, you know, and say to them maybe like, OK, like, I know you understand this, but like what what's your like, why don't you want to do this um, and, and explain that and, and sort of, you know, present an opportunity for them to explain it so that they can feel like they can talk about it and be heard. So so to me, those are words that can really significantly change if you're listening out there right now this can significantly change your life present an opportunity and when you present that opportunity when you when you make yourself a safe space you can come back and say okay may, let me own my part maybe it was the way i said it maybe i came across 
I could be a hundred percent right in an argument with my wife, and I usually am. But it could be the way I come across. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but it could be the way I come across that is what really is telling. So the difference is content, what you say, and process how you say it. So I, what I would say to our um, the that that message is. Be mindful. How are you asking? Because maybe you're asking in a way that might seem super clear to you, but might be coming across as real demanding instead of genuinely asking. Sure. And and like you said, I mean, own your part in it, right? Like, what 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 am I doing? Because that's the part you have any control over, right? Maybe I could say it differently. Maybe I could talk about it. Diff- maybe I maybe I need to be open to listening to what this other person has to say. I was talking to a group of people about that concept about, you know, maybe we come back to just looking at our own view and everybody was in full agreement. Absolutely. We definitely should. We definitely should. But then when it came to looking at their view, they were like, no, no, no way. We're not questioning (laughs) that. It's really easy to point this stuff out. These concepts are not complex, but the reason why therapy is so important in my eyes is it helps you really look at your own life. Look, some of these concepts, you know, don't be reactive. Okay, those are easy words to say, but how do you do it? Well, that's why sitting down and figuring that out individually for you is so important. If you would like to talk to us, there's still an opportunity. The number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. He is Gregory Lobb of Summit Psychological Services. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is emotional management, and I want you to ask yourself if there's any issue that you would like some support around and you want a dialogue around it, 866-391-1020. This is emotional management on KDKA Radio. This is emotional management where you manage your emotions. You might be having all kinds of emotions right now. Maybe you were amped up for the Super Bowl to go a certain way or for certain teams to be in it. Maybe you've got some emotions around that. Maybe you're driving down the road and you have some emotions about the other drivers. Maybe you're at home and you have some emotions around a family member you really want to deal with. You want to figure out, how do I approach this person differently if you are dealing with anything and you want to talk You've got someone phenomenal in the studio with me today, Dr. Gregory Lobb from Summit Psychological Services. Here's the number. If you want to call us and talk, the number is 866-391-1020. 866-391-1020. So, I mean, it's kind of really powerful to hear these messages. And I was we're, we were talking about how not to take things personally earlier. And I was, I was reading, I was sharing on the break. It's so funny. So I have, I've had a video, um, one of my videos and the, you get such diverse comments. So one of my videos, my daughter and I have a parenting video. It's got a million views. It just blows my mind. You can make a wow. video in your house and a million people can see it. And I have another video that has, uh, over 400,000 views. And on that video, it's about anger management. So I get a lot of angry people come check out the video, but you hear diverse comments all the time. And I'm going to make sure I didn't lose this exact comment, but that one, one video, one comment within the same hour under the same video, this is why we don't take things personally. So the one comment is, um, this is the best anger management video on YouTube. Thank you so much for your wise advice. 
That's awesome. I genuinely appreciate that. But another comment right after that from someone totally different in the same hour says this uh, bleep guy makes me furious. And and that's the nice edited version of what he said. (laughs) It's funny because two different, two vastly different experiences, one video. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's that's sort of a a great example of, you know, how we experience things in life, right? Um, Where, you know, people can sort of take away what they take away from situations and, um, you know, kind of, you know, when you read that, and I I assume that's the first time you read it, you you didn't seem upset by it. You didn't take that personally. Not at all. No, this is fresh one. So that's the first time I'm reading it. This is my genuine reaction. Listen, the one strength that I have found, I can't sing. I can't dance. um, I can read people in a second and I am authentic. Like what you see is what you get. Um, You you know, obviously I was, well, I was in a prison one time and a guy came up to me and they wanted me to meet this guy because he was supposedly the toughest person in this one maximum security prison. And I started talking to him. He said, man, I could tell you're, you're good. And I said, how, how can you tell it? He said, because you dress like crap. <laughs> he, said, he didn't say crap. He said, he said, you obviously don't have to put on any pretenses. So I said, yeah, you know what? I just, I love what I do with the passion. Um, so I practice what I preach. So that non-attachment, not taking things personally, it's day in, day out. I say to people all the time, you could tell in a second if I'm preaching meditation and I'm preaching self-control and I didn't have it, like there would be a big issue right there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because back to, you know, you got to be genuine, right? Right. And, and, and our clients and people seeing that we're still dealing with it. That's why I love what you said. We're still, you still get angry. How could you not, we're still going to experience the human emotion. Right. Right. And it's, you know, how, how you deal with that, what you do with it. Um, those are the important things. And I think a lot of times people that, you know, have a lot of anger problems and, you know, you know, it's, it's not that they, you know, um, it's, it's often that they don't know what to do with that emotion and, and how to kind of manage that in a way that, um, you know, is acceptable and, and is, is not, they're not experiencing a bunch of negative consequences from it. People say, well, I have a right to be angry. He did this to me. She did this to me. And I say, yes, you absolutely have a right to be angry. I'm not telling you not to be angry. I'm, my hope is that you are able to work through that anger and keep in mind your future self. And that's, it's, it's an important thing to do. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully, you know, you know, when, when we meet with people and talk with people, we can, we can, you know, help them sort of get, gain that insight and teach them new ways to, to kind of manage those emotions. How do you get people to come in who, you know, they might say, well, I have a family member and I know this person needs it. How do you convince them or how do you, what do you do to help, help, help them to come in? Um, you know, sometimes, um, I've, I've had plenty of times where, you know, I'll have someone come in and, and they'll say, well, I'm not the one that needs to be here. My wife needs to be here. My husband <laughs> needs to be here. I'm, I'm not, I yes. don't really need, you know, and you know, after they come, sometimes they start to realize that maybe there is something they could benefit from that. Um, you know, there's also times where I'll say, well, you know, bring them in with you. Um, let them come in to talk about what are some of the things they're dealing with with you. And, and, you know, we help everybody kind of start to gain some, some better perspective on themselves. I love that. That's so true. Yeah, this is not for me. It's just for them. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm right. good. Um, and, it, you know, I, my, um, I, I told you my tagline about two kinds of people. But the other thing I say to people all the time is if one person tells you something once, it might not be true if it's in the heat of an anger moment. But if a person tells you something more than once or more telling, if more than one person tells you the same thing, it's probably true and you just can't see it. 
Yeah, yeah, you've got to put some stock in that, right? And, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you know, when people come, and I, it happens at, at the office all the time, just in the office culture of things. You know, I always tell my office manager, you know, if, if somebody complains, if, a, you know, somebody comes in and complains about something, I, I listen to them, I hear them. But when I hear the same complaint from multiple people, then I've got to believe there's there's truth to it. Right. Right. And when we see that, we start to form a, a, a bigger picture, a wider picture. So I use the analogy of a box all the time, like that when we can only see one side of the box and we need other people to help us take in the rest of that picture. So I need to know what you're seeing from your side. What is, uh, And I need to be humble and curious about what else might exist on those different sides of the box that I just can't see. That drives me to want to learn more about people. Yeah. And, you know, it helps it helps you kind of get the big picture then. Right. And and start to, you know, maybe suddenly when you can start to see other people's perspective of things, you know, as you said, the other side of the box, then maybe you start to get a different picture about what's really happening. So I want to come back to those comments. I read those comments about that video and it's just a natural reaction. I like I'll laugh at it because I understand that you know, you don't want to be affected too much by praise. You don't want to be affected too much by blame. You want to take it with what it is. I am genuinely grateful when people reach out and say kind things. It is meaningful and impactful for me. Um, but I also at the same time, I don't want to go up with the ups and down with the downs because like you, you think about how many people you might see in a day. Mm-hmm. If you went up with everybody's ups and down with the downs, you'd be burned out in a week. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think that a lot of that speaks to, you know, the, the comments like with your videos and, and how you react to that is you know you can look at that and and you feel confident about what you put out there and you know that you're that's coming from a a good place for you trying to help people of course not everybody's going to feel the same way about it but but that's okay i mean people are entitled to have their own feelings about it right and then you know i've learned things uh, over the years where it might be a 12 year old child whose mom made him watch his anger management video. You know, he <laughs> right. just got done to say, well, you can't play your video game. So you watch this anger management video and I hate this guy, you know? So it's, there's a reason there's always a reason. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's what I said, but here's the thing. I give my best. And once I give my best, I let go. I, I remember I really love poetry and I met a poet in, in college and I, I, I listened to her do a reading of her poems. And I said, they're really courageous that you could do that. So afterward, I, I got the chance to sit down and talk with her and I said, how do you do it? And she said, here's what I do. I do. I give everything to it and then I let go. And once I once I publish it or once I read it, like people are going to have whatever reaction they have that's not for me to decide. That's for them to experience. And that lesson stuck with me. I thought I put myself out there a lot in life. Like I'll throw myself out there to answer, to do things. And I'm going to give my best, but I'm not going to be perfect. And I'm okay with that. Like as long as I'm giving you my best. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that's a great way to, to think about it. Um, you know, I, you know, I, that that's a great lesson. And I think that you know, if, if people, you know, hear that today and, and can sort of take that with them after the show, that, that would be a great thing because, you know, when you hold on to those things, that's a lot of times where, you know, you get really stuck. Yeah. And I, there's such a fear of what if I fail 
Um, and I can, I see that. Like it does, do you think it's, it's not easy? It's not easy sometimes to attempt something and not do well, but to realize that's not the last moment. Um, uh, one of my best friends said something to me. I was really excited. I was giving a, a speech, but I kind of got myself like, oh, well, this is like the biggest speech of my life. It was a really big moment for me a few years back. And he said, no, it's not. He's like, you're going to have another one. Like, so it'll be this speech will come and go. Right. And the way he said it, just like you were saying earlier, you hear it differently, even though you might know it and live it but someone else tells you the light bulb went on it did exactly (laughs) and the light bulb will come on for you if you want to call us 866-391-1020 he is dr gregory dr gregory lobb i am dr christian conti this is emotional management on kdka radio emotional management it's time to manage those emotions and we have a great question so I am Dr. Christian Conti. I'm joined in studio uh, with Dr. Gregory Lobb. We are answering your questions. We're taking calls. We're answering questions. Here is a text from the Right Automotive text line. It says, how can you motivate someone to pursue her talents? That's a great question. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. I, um, you know, I, um, when we were talking about that in between the break, um, you know, it's one of those things that I always think there's there's sort of two sides to. Um, I see it, you know, with uh, my kids growing up um, when sometimes parents would become sort of overly involved in things. Yes, and, yes. You know, and kind of push, you know, whether it was, you know, my son grew up playing hockey. And sometimes I would see these parents who were just, they were convinced that their child was the next Sidney Crosby right, or the next right. Mario Lemieux. And, and you know, I, and, and really push those those kids to the point that they didn't like playing anymore yes and that's a there's a there's a line there you know and I always tried to kind of step back and say you know hey if you want to do this I support you in it and you know you're you're good or you're you know there's things you can do to improve but you know kind of you know having that kid pursue something that they're passionate about um you know is is always important because if it's internally motivated they'll want to pursue it absolutely otherwise you get burned out that's the end of it. External motivation only lasts so long. Probably one of the most researched subjects in the field of psychology is a motivation, no understanding that external motivation is only going to last so long. Yeah. You, if you want to do it, you're going to do it. If you don't, yep. you might get some temporary, hey, here's a thing. But they, in fact, I remember years ago reading a study where they paid children to do homework. And they were like, when this homework, they went up real quickly for a little bit. Guess what? They took the money away. Those kids' grades plummeted (laughs) because once you take that motivator away. So really, it's trying to help people decide what do you really want? Like, what do you want? Are you happy with it? So we talk in our family all the time with our daughter and say, right effort is is a value that we hold. Are you putting right effort into it? I don't care what grade letter you come home with, what right. let, what number score you get on a test. I care that you put your best effort into it. That's right. And and when I when when I was if someone says our our question to you and me is how can you motivate someone to pursue her talents? I'd say sit down with that person. It's obviously a she, and say to her, what do you what can you see yourself doing in five years? Like be there. Let's get there. How are, are you happy with what you're doing? And if you're not happy with your doing, what would you rather be doing? Like, let's get to what you love. Yeah, because these these talents, you know, can be a lot of different. It can look a lot of different ways, right? Right. Um, you know, I always say about athletes, like, 
good athletes are good athletes. It doesn't matter what sport they play. You know, <laughs> yeah. you see it. I mean, you watch you watch an athlete who most of these professional athletes probably could play more than one professional sport right. because they're just good athletes. Right. Um, you know, but it comes internally. Um, what does that what does that person want to do? And, you know, if it's a child and you're a parent trying to get them to be motivated, how can you present opportunities for them that, you know, will help sort of foster that growth? So when I was young, when I was young, my dad found a really an incredible way to motivate me um, to brush my teeth. He said, listen, just brush the teeth you want to keep. <laughs> I was like, okay, wait a minute, you know? And then he would say, uh, only wear your seatbelt when you don't think you're going to wreck. Well, I never think I'm going to wreck. Well, there you go. Wear your seatbelt all the time. Right. So when you go, when you start to think like what well, you want to be motivated to do it. Um, so I ask people, what is it that you really want? You're, you're right. You, you, I'm so glad you brought that up because sometimes parents want things more for their children but that's not what their children drives them. So I used to be uh, the sports psychologist for um, the swim team at the University of Nevada. And this these girls, so many issues centered on, I don't want to be doing this. My parents have made me do this my whole life. Like they make me swim all every season, swim or swim, they nonstop yeah. all year round. <laughs> And they were so burned out by the time they were 18, 19 years old, and they had a moment to have someone say, you're allowed to choose what you want to do. <laughs> right. Like the emotional flood of like, oh, I don't want this. I hate this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is it you want to do? <laughs> like, it, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, it, it's it's hard sometimes for parents to kind of back off on that and, and to see that, you know, if you're if you're externally motivating your kid, you know. You know, sports are the easy thing to pick out, but I mean, it's, you know, some sometimes sports nowadays, I mean, you're, like you said, I mean, they're going year round the same sport. I mean, that's not healthy, um, you know, and it doesn't, you know, a lot of times kids, you know, they get burned out from it. So I, when I first started doing therapy, I would get so excited to teach concepts that I learned in school. So I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm learning this concept about self-talk and I'd be so excited to teach it. And, I, and I'd do more talking in the session. And then at the end of the session, I'd say, so what are you taking away? You know, and they'd be like, well, I guess that it's not as far to come here, to drive here as I thought. And I'd be like, wait, wait, wait what about all that exciting information I shared with you? <laughs> and what I learned along the way was they weren't ready to hear that. It wasn't, they weren't ready. So I had to meet them where they were. And, I, and so. So my whole yield theory is about meeting people where they are, like genuinely meeting people where they are. And that doesn't mean just once because someone might express an opinion. Oh, I want to be an actress. Beautiful, wonderful. And then you start running with it thinking they still want that. And weeks later, they're off to something else. Right. Because if they really want to do it, they'll do it. They will practice it and no one will have to tell them about it. Absolutely. They're, you know, they're not, you're not, uh, you know, fighting with them to go to practice or get out in the driveway and practice or whatever they're, they're doing it on their own it's yeah it, when you find what you love you'll be driven by it i can't thank you enough for coming on this show oh thank you for having me like we're definitely going to have to plan you come having you come back oh i look forward to it um it's it's really a lot of fun to see somebody with as much passion give everybody one more time how do they get a hold of you Yep, Summit Psychological Services. Um, you can reach us on the internet, www.summitpsychologicalservices.org, or give us a call at 412-406-7734. we got offices in Fox Chapel and Seven Fields. It's it's really, I, I can sense your, your authenticity. We talked about that. That was one of the first things we talked about. 
I sense it. I think people would benefit greatly from coming in and sitting down with you. I say just give it a chance. Come in, sit down, because you're going to find a man who's compassionate, cares, and is insightful and can give you the kind of help that can really take you to another level. Look, every week we're here, this is emotional management, and every week you get to learn something about yourself. And maybe this week you didn't call in or you didn't write in, but you wanted to. Well, I want to invite you to reflect on either sending a message throughout the week or calling in next week. As always, more than anything, I wish you much peace. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.